Sport Press. Sport Press Podcast featuring hosts Jay Hove, Chef, Wheezy, and Coach Locke. Please enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations. I would like to welcome everybody back and some of you for the first time to the full Sport Press Podcast, the premier sports podcast for the consummate sports fan. And this is your one-stop shop for all sports-related news and topics. I am Jay Hove. It's your boy, Big Jeff. Wheezy in the building. Say what's up, Wheezy. What it do, what it do, what it do. Coach Locke back in the building. Say, what's up, Cal? What's up, what's up? How's everybody doing? Most definitely. Um, episode 336, man. We're kicking off the 2020 college football season with some way too early predictions for the SEC. FSP style. Always FSP style. You better damn know it. Better damn believe it. Let's kick it off, man. Best of the week, Coach Locke. What you got? Man, my boy Bloomberg is back for me, man. He cut a check for all outstanding court costs, fees, and fines owed by all convicted felonies in Florida, which will give all those people voters' rights back for this election. Shout out to Bloomberg. Shout out to Bloomberg, man. Spend some of that money. Spend it. Spend that shit. Got it to spend it. He's spending it. Spending he the bag. What you got, Jeff? Man, Jermail and Jamal Charlo. Headlining their first pay-per-view and the first boxing pay-per-view post-COVID. So can't wait to see that some kind of way. Not sure how I'm going to do it. I don't know if I'm paying that ticket. But, yeah, they, they got two separate cards tomorrow night. One in one location, one in another location. Both headlined by Charlo Twins. So can't wait to see that, man. Boxing is back. Hella droplets. What you got, Weezy? Best of the week. Oh, man. Pac-12, Big Ten, they all follow suit on this football thing, man. They're going to get it back rolling. I'm sticking with the same. Um, college football starting. My Gators, 14-point favorites at Ole Miss. Been a long time coming, but my Gators are officially contenders, and we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get in the second half, for sure, man. Happy to put up some dancing shit. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's time. It's time. It's time, man. It's been a long time coming. Uh, worst of the week, Coach Lott. What you got? Hey, I don't know. This might be everybody's. I don't know, but – the Breonna Taylor, man, that's that's just, yeah. you know, only one officer was charged, and he was only charged with three counts of wanton endangerment, which is only a Class D felony, which carries a maximum sentence of less than 10 years, but five or more. And he was out on $15,000 bond, and nobody was convicted for her murder. That's rough, man. Yeah, that definitely was my ultimate consensus on that, so. Yeah, I think we can stick with that, man. That's worse of the week. Fuck it. I'm with it. Yeah, no, so, like it's like every week we get a little traction. We'll be like, all right, it's getting back to normal, and then it's right back, dog. Right back. They don't want us. They don't want us here, man. They don't. 
Nah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Ain't no question about that, man. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Beyonce Taylor, man. That shit trash. Sure. Uh, stat of the week. Shout out to Denzel187 for this fine. Minute Bowl was solely responsible for popularizing the phrase, my bad. During practices, he would say that instead of my fault, it quickly spread in the NBA and then, of course, became a popular phrase worldwide. So when we're saying my bad, because Weezy says a lot, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, uh, it goes to Manute Ball. So shout out to Manute Ball. Rest in peace as well. That's borderline racist, though, ain't it? Kind of. Like, are, are we, like, making fun of Because he can't talk because he can't say my fault. <laughs> hey. Kind of. Hey. Um, hey, a lot of the, hey, Ebonics, dog, we shorten up a lot of stuff yeah. to make it a little easier to digest, for sure. sure Definitely knowing where my bad shit from. Hey, yeah, shout I'm out to sure. Denzel 187. Take that up with Denzel 187, man. I think yeah. it's true. I believe in Denzel 187. You also <laughs> believe Steve Wonder can see. He improves in the pudding. Now, Stevie Carson, we haven't seen Stevie for 100 years on TV. Yeah. And it's that one cuss word, now Stevie Carson. That's because, man, Stevie fed up, man. So we all fed up. And we all be on here cursing. Yeah, so in turn, I now need Stevie to say, hey, I love Rotel Dip. All right, make sure you check us out on iTunes, Facebook, IG, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Beyond Pod, YouTube, and of course, the SoundCloud page to catch up on the full archive of past episodes of FSB. How do you do that? Just search for Sport Press Podcast. If you do that, make sure you check out the On Day TV hip-hop podcast with Animal Brown and Spike Lou every Wednesday. The latest issue is up, the ownership and hip-hop episode. So if you're interested in owning your own stuff, if you're an artist out here, check out that episode. That'll let you know what's going on in the world with that. Sure. Shout out to JT, the franchise, the only um, owner that we have as far as a hip-hop legend. Shout out to my dog. You know, I know he listening. I know, I know the franchise listening. <laughs> I ain't mad at that. Yeah, for sure. Fresher Than Your Average podcast featuring myself and my dog, Animal Brown, is a self-help fashion podcast directly related to improving everyday fashion. We have a new FTYA Friday analyzing copper drops, as well as Would You Rock dropping those daily, weekly, however we're going to do it. That they're all on the IG page and a special surprise is at the end of youtube.com slash reveals FTYA Friday as well. So more than anything, where your kicks, man. And it's coming from Croc Obama, cop responsibly. Is Valour coming back in style? Oh. Valour is back. Valour is coming back for sure. You gotta wear a full velour suit though. Just can't have on a velour, you know what I mean, pants. pair of shorts and some pants <laughs> or something. You gotta go all velour. And the tall team. Anybody, anybody rocking velour on the uh, on on this podcast? Anybody rocking velour? This, With this the tall team. I'm on pass. Yeah, I'm not wearing velour. Sean John you might bring back Sean John. I might do some Sean John. Did you, did you have a Sean John velour suit? One hundred percent. Two of them. Oh, 100 percent. You had one coach. For sure. Okay. Navy blue and the powder blue. And <laughs> <laughs> the black joint. Yeah. I had I had like I had black, blue, white. Shit. Oh, white velour is nasty. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, white velour is nasty. <laughs> and I wore white Adidas with that oh, thing. Oh, oh, 
goodness, cocaine sees right. Cocaine, what? Hey, hey, hey. What up, Travis? Maybe I bet it did. Jeff, I was 135 pounds, and that thing was a 2X, Jeff. I ain't bullshit. That thing was a 2X. You already know. Hell yeah, you know. Hell yeah. Also, be on the lookout for Patreon featuring the entire Realville family. And we'll be on there soon. Stay tuned for more details. For sure. Jeff, you got 10 good wrestling seconds. Oh, yeah. Let's start the clock. All right, fellas. So it's Clash of Champions this weekend. So you know what that means. First time in a while. Who gets the W? First match, Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Crews for the United States Championship. Wheezy, who gets the W? I'm going with Bobby Lashley. Just on the screen. They both. They both. Yeah, they both. Well, Bobby, I know Bobby Lashley. <laughs> I know him. J-Ho. Yeah, I'm going with Bobby Lashley as well. Coach Locke. Got to go with the only person I know, Bobby. Yeah. All right. I'm, yeah, let's go ahead and make it unanimous. Bobby Lashley for that one. Next, we got the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Coach Locke. I guess I go with the Street Profits. Yeah, you, you I'll explain later. Okay. <laughs> J Ho. Uh, yeah, I'm going Andrade and Garza. Mm. Weezy. I'm going to Street Profits. Is mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to Street Profits. Oh yeah. Change it, change it, change it, change it, change it, Jay. Who, 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 <laughs> who you going profits? with, Jeff? I the Street Profits have won the last two matches, so I think they're gonna switch it. I think it's Andrade and Garza at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Something like that. All right, and two more for the WWE Championship. We got Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Coach Locke. Mm. I feel like Drew don't never get his due, so he about to do it. So I'm going to go with Drew. Okay. Okay. Let's go Weezy. Weezy, who you got? I'm going with the legend killer. Jay Ho. Who's the champion? The champion is Drew McIntyre. Yeah. I'm going with Drew. I'm going Randy Orton. And next, we got Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso, his cousin in real life, for the Universal Championship. Weezy, who you got? Uso. Uso. Close enough. Okay. All right. <laughs> Jay. I'm going Roman Reigns. Coach Locke. I'm going Roman Reigns. My coworker, he's really big into wrestling. Yeah. He's told me. He always talks about it. And I like, I don't really, but whatever. But he said <laughs> Roman Reigns is a bad guy now, so I'm going to go cook. with Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah. Roman Reigns is cooking right now. And this is just for me. This is going to be my favorite match of the night. Jeff Hardy versus AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship. Coach Locke, who you got? I'm going to go with AJ Styles. Hardy old. AJ, AJ older than Hardy. That's crazy, though. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> but you wouldn't think it, though. But AJ older than Hardy. <laughs> J-Ho, who you got? Give me AJ Hardy. AJ Hardy? You can't pick two. You can't pick two of them. You just going to combine them? He meant to say, man. He was saying Hardy. He didn't. <laughs> you just going to combine them? Hey, man, it's man time for me, man. I don't know what the hell y'all want me to do, man. Give me AJ Hardy, man. Look okay. Weezy. I'm going to go with A.J. Hardy, too, then. Fuck it. I'm just oh, okay. Go well, all right. That's, that's, 
<laughs> Y'all get two whales out of Mac on that one. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going with I'm gonna go with Jeff Hardy, coach. So we, we you and I split that one. We'll, okay. we'll yeah. And that is who gets the W. Good good pause, Jay. I saw that. Yeah, good pause. <laughs> Make sure you check out eight oh eight and chest shots each and every Thursday morning at eight AM Central Standard Time. Man. Most definitely, man. <laughs> now tweet us with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to comment and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page. On the iTunes page, please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend. To tell a friend. That the revolution will be podcasted. And before we get started, the first half, Wheezy, do you have a yellow box of Cheerios award recipient for the listeners? I do. This week's award recipient is Ty Lawson. That's it. For sure. Last weekend, my point guard, Ty Lawson, took to his Instagram stories where he sent out a few posts regarding Chinese women. Now, in the first post, Lawson claimed that he needs to, and I quote, switch up his stance on Chinese women because they got cakes on the low. Then in the second post, Lawson shows a picture of himself getting what appears to be a lap dance from a Chinese woman with the caption, YOLO, I guess, end quote. Now, while this would be a compliment in certain circles, the Chinese Basketball Association took Lawson's post as a form of discrimination based on race and gender and as a result, his current team, now former team, the Fujian Sturgeons, who Lawson plays for or played for in China, decided to release him. And the following day, the CBA followed up by hitting the player with a lifetime ban, Ty Lawson. You got to know the room, Ty. You got to know the room, Ty. Yeah, I figured that was going to get to that surprise that was there. <laughs> so he done yeah, on the low, that. though, he ain't lying. Because on the low, on the low, it's quiet. Chill, chill, chill. We, yeah, we got to get in China. We got to get yeah. over there. We, gotta, we do got to get over there, but he ain't lying is what I'm saying. We got to get over there. They just don't, they don't play that over there. That's all. Hell no, they ain't going to play that over there. You got to know that. You got to know the room. Is he back on U.S. soil yet? Who? Yeah. That's a good question. Oh, hell yeah. They yeah. Listen, he better be. Probably if he ain't in trouble. Listen, they probably drug tied. I woke up in mall in Baltimore, Maryland. Ain't no yeah. question. He woke up in Wang Zhang, and then the next day he woke up in Baltimore. Like, damn, how I get here? We when they that's how that, your ass, they that's, how, that's how long he was out too. That's mm-hmm. a long travel flight. That's a long travel flight. Yeah, shout out to Ty. Um, you definitely, definitely getting this yellow box though. Weezy. how you gonna get it to him, buddy? Uh, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you give that to him, man. Yeah, not for sure. I'm gonna get that to Ty, man. Cause that's yeah. my point guard, man. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Snail mail. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you. Ty can't get that. right, but on the low though, Jeff. On the low, we gotta oh, man. get over there. We gotta chill. Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's go to the first half, man. Let's let's just go and get to the first half. We gotta get over. First there. half is underway. <laughs> low. The first half is underway. First half, the hottest sports news of the past week, like we do each and every week here at the Full Sport Press Podcast. Before we get started, I am J-Ho. It's your boy, Big Jeff. It's your boy, Weezy. What it do? What it do? It's your man, Coach Locke. Locke, where can they find you on social media, my brother? Man, they can check me out on Twitter and IG at Locke underscore the underscore great. That's T-H-A. Get at me. So, Jeff, what about you, brother? Jay Easley, 84, across all social media platforms. What about you, Weezy? 
I'm FSP underscore Weezy on IG, and I met how Weezy on Twitter. Holla. Yeah. yeah, the hell you are. And I'm J-Hope on Instagram and Twitter. Jeff, we're on to week three of the fantasy football with FSP, correct? <laughs> yeah, man. Week All three. Right. Let's take a look. All right, so this week, first matchup, we got Show Me Them TDs. Shout out to Parham. I know he's listening. At 0-2 versus the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> versus the preseason champ. One time for Shane coming in in one-on-one. DP oh. gonna be hot about that. I know oh, he's gonna be hot. I know you listening, DP. But uh, Shane is jumping out to a quick 11 point lead after the Thursday night game and is favorite to win that one. Hopefully, the show with them TDs and get off the snide. But, you know. Next, we got Vandalay International one time for Reagan versus A Royale with the Cheese Twin back in the build. The twin is 2 0. Reagan is 0 2. And Twin is projected to win that one. Next, got the Diplomats. What up, what up the Cam? First, Big Draco. <laughs> Time for Chad. This is going to be a close one. Diplomats jumped out to a 30-point lead with, ooh, hopefully the Thursday night game, but still projected to be a three-point game. So we'll see how that plays out. And I won't do me, I won't do my game last. Shout out to Winston's eye exam myself coming in at 2-0 versus Kanye 2024 at 2-0 AB. You know, the Battle of the Undefeateds. You know, it's projected to be a close game. No one has played yet, so we'll see how that plays. AB is actually projected to win that by five. So we'll see. And lastly, you choose a side versus Now Watch God. Shout out to Weezy, you choose a side. One and we one. Versus, okay. Versus Now Watch God, one and one. Now Watch God is projected to win that one, though, Weezy, um, by a large margin. So we'll see how that plays out. Oh, one more game. One time for D. Harris versus Coach Wayman in the Coach's Corner. That Coach's Corner uh, profile pick is hilarious. D. Harris is projected to win that. Both teams, well, Coach Wayman is 0-2 and D. Harris is 1-1. So we'll see how that plays out. Marquee matchup, 2-0 team, me and A.B. Shout out to this. Hey, Josh, hey, you going to go on record if Josh Allen kills his shit and say you were wrong? I say he had a great year, Coach. I will admit if he has a great year. <laughs> Let's get the hell out of here. Let's <laughs> go on to college football. Man, Monday was a monumental day for HBCUs. As NFL Hall of Famer and larger-than-life personality, Deion Sanders was introduced as the newest head coach of the Jackson State University football team. Now, currently, he's serving as the OC at Trinity Christian School in Cedar, Cedar Hill, Texas. Sanders will finish out this season, therefore beginning to start Jackson State's football season in the fall, which is, well, to the spring, which has been pushed back due to coronavirus pandemic. Now, Sanders replaces John Hedrick, who went 6-9 and nine overall and 5-5 five and five in the SWAC East. This is Jackson State's most recent winning season, was in 2013. Is this a big deal, little deal, no deal? for Deion Sanders to be the head coach at Jackson State University. Big, big deal, man. Uh, I'm actually still in awe about it. Like, I can't believe somebody like Deion Sanders is actually coaching the HBCU at Jackson State and getting them off the like, It's a huge deal. He can't do nothing but go up from here. Well, I won't say it's a big deal. I say to be determined. Because we, we've yet to see how dedicated Dion may be to this. Hopefully, you know, this is where he wants to be. But maybe this is just like a 
stop gap for him to get somewhere else. Who knows? But hopefully he's dedicated to this and we can definitely see a, a trending a trend upward for the HBCUs a much needed one. So hopefully this, this is a good thing. This is a big deal, man. It's bringing so much attention to Jackson State and the HBCUs. He won't be there long. This is definitely a stepping stone. This will project him up to getting a bigger job where he can get that experience on his resume. He's going to get some big names down in Jackson State just on his name alone. Don't know how soon or how big, but he will have some big-time players down there. He might even get his son to come down there. We don't know. But this is a big deal for Jackson State. Uh, I hate this for my Tennessee State Tigers because we have to see them every year at the Southern Heritage Classic. Not looking forward to him getting those recruits to play against us. It's still TSU all day, though. Big deal for sure, man. Even though Deion has no coaching experience, Coach Prime is coming as Coach Prime. In his first week on the job, he already landed a, a player that played in the SEC at Mississippi State. So every player that's not getting any tick at a Power 5 school will transfer down because they'll be able to play immediately at Jackson State. Both of his sons will transfer to Jackson State. I think one will play one more year in South Carolina behind the atrocity that is Will Muschamp. And also you have a quarterback that's going to play Willie Tag, and they're not going to win enough games. He's thinking, hey, you know what? I'll go down here and play for my dad. The only thing that worries me is that Jackson State is a Nike school right now. So Dion being an Under Armour athlete, and probably one of the bigger Under Armour athletes because he does so much with um, the shoe company. He's going to have to find a way to turn Jackson State into an Under Armour school. And if he's not staying there long term, it's going to be a lot of trouble because if you break a contract like they have with Nike right now, it could be detrimental if Deion's only there for two years. So Jackson State has to make the right decision. It might be worth it, but this is great for HBCUs all around, for sure. For sure. Now, the GOAT, MJ Jordan, six-time champ, finals MVP, six times Hall of Famer, Hornets owner. Well, now he's in the NASCAR. He owns his own NASCAR team. Now, he entered into a partnership with NASCAR racer Denny Hamlin and purchased the team charter from Jermaine Racing to field cars for Bubba Wallace, who will leave the Richard Petty Motorsports at season and drive for MJ's team. Now, details of the car numbers, sponsor, crew, etc. are all to be determined, but the charter guarantees them a starting spot in the Cup Series field every weekend and a technical alliance with Hamlin's employer, Joe Gibbs Racing, and it guarantees equipment produced by NASCAR's current dynasty builder. Now, Bubba Wallace is, you know, is the guy that has made a lot of noise. He's up and coming in racing. He'll be the driver for the team, and he's already dealt and battled things like bigotry and called for a ban on the Confederate flags at the track. And like I said, he is one of the hottest and upcoming drivers in NASCAR. Now, Jordan already been owning racing before, owning the Michael Jordan Motorsports, which was an AMA Superbike team. Is this a big deal for Michael Jordan and NASCAR, and will this attract a more diverse crowd to NASCAR now that Jordan has done this? Another another big deal. I definitely going to attract, you know, you know, people like us to start <laughs> driving cars now just because it's Jordan. I think it's just as big a deal as, as, um, as Deion Sanders, man. That's that's NASCAR's a team full of you know it's a team full of owners that look like you know they don't look like us and they they let Jordan in and you know here we go now we now we're driving cars. 
NASCAR needed this. Uh, a bigger deal would be for NASCAR. They needed the boost because their their own sport is dropping in popularity, and it's already a niche sport as it is. I mean, it's just left turns for goodness sake. So I'm happy to see Michael Jordan, you know, venture out, diversify, see what he can do, and give Bubba Wallace a shot. It's good to see for right now, and hopefully Bubba Wallace can turn it in because he's got to get some wins here sooner or later to keep to keep bringing his name up. That's all. Yeah. yeah, Jordan was raised in the South like us. So being raised in the South, you know about, you know, NASCAR. And growing up in South Nashville, there was a racetrack right up the street from us. Now, granted, none of us ever went up there, but at the same time, we were around. This is the thing. This was 15 years ago to be a big deal, but Michael Jordan and his power can't get kids or people younger than him to pay attention to NASCAR. The sport is just not made for our culture. They do. They had a noose in a stable in 2020. Can you imagine what would happen if the NFL, the NBA had a noose in the locker room right now? And the cost of driving cars is too high for kids that can't afford that shit. It just can't grab the attention. Um, 15 years ago, maybe so. But he just doesn't move the needle like I did. This was Travis Scott, LeBron James. Drake, this would be different, but yeah, but that merch will be on Travis Scott and Drake as well, so um, maybe they'll drop a Bubba Wallace sneaker. Hell, I don't know, but blacks aren't going to pay any attention to NASCAR. Michael Jordan can't get us to do that, even in 2020. I got got a question for the group, though. Does this mean race car jackets make their triumphant return? Jordan race car jackets. Yeah. 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 All right. Go. I, need, yeah. I need a good race car jacket back, man. That's a that, that that's a train I never got into. I never owned a race car jacket. You too young. You too young. You weren't outside yet. You weren't you went off the porch yet. You, I think I was outside. I no, you went outside. I mean, you, you, no, you still no, you still eating applesauce. That's yeah, what y'all have. Make sure I sleep at night. I was definitely outside. I never owned a race car jacket. Walk around with no damn tied on my back. I ain't doing, I ain't doing that. Couple of them coasts was all right. Anyway, so let's move on. Jay Hove, I believe, predicted this last on last week's show. It's gonna hurt to talk about this one though. So if you like me, if you were wondering where in the world was Tyrod Taylor when the Los Angeles Chargers played the Kansas City Chiefs last week, you're not alone. I believe every group chat, every fantasy football league, everyone was wondering when did this happen? Where is Tyrod? Well, apparently. Tyrod was issued a shot by the team doctor of the Chargers pregame that punctured his lung. Let that sink in. Punctured his lung. It was a shot to help give him pain relief for some bruised ribs that he had or a rib injury that he was on the injury report for. Well, turns out Justin Herbert stepped in, had a great game. And Tyrod's probably going to be on the bench for the rest of the season. Guys. What on earth happened in the Chargers medical facility last week? I don't claim to be no doctor, nothing like that, but if you can't take a damn shot, I'll be smacking the shot of that doctor if that was me, but I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But my, my biggest thing is is the head coach, man. He he downplayed it like it wasn't a big deal. Like, you know, like he don't – like they pulling the wool over his eyes. You know what I'm saying? If you want – if you want the damn boy – the rookie to start, just put him in the game, coach. Just put him out there. You got a damn puncture the man's lung. <laughs> rookie in there, like, come on. And then he'll say, you know, well, you know, an accident happened. Y'all guys knew what happened. Shit, you know what happened. 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to defend Anthony, man. I don't think Anthony knew at the time. After the game, he probably, that's when he found out. I bet the doctors just told him, you know, we don't know what's going on. We, you know, we got to do some more tests when they knew what happened. Anthony Lynn did not know. It's no way he knew at the beginning of the game that they had punctured his lung with that needle, trying to just give him a shot for pain. It's no way. It sucks for Tyrod because this was a good team for him to be on in the start. He had the weapons that he needed to be a good quarterback to prolong his career. And now, like Jeff mentioned, it's over. The rookie is going to finish out the year and get those snaps, and he can just go in and try to be a backup somewhere or or might just be over. might be time to just hang him up. Tyrod will be back starting two weeks. He'll be fine. This is the reason that Trent Williams plays for the San Francisco 49ers right now. He was so leery of the Washington football team's medical staff that he set out an entire year. Pretty much every player has the right to go get independent opinions because the team doctors are paid by the team. So the Chargers have recent history of weird stuff going on with their doctors. And David Chow uh, left the franchise over 15 years for malpractice things. Tyrod Taylor was in a bad situation. People are saying he should sue. It likely hinges on if he was told beforehand that a puncture lung could happen if you were getting an injection shot. The doctors told him that that could happen and he consented. There's not a lot that he could do. Tyrod's just unfortunate, man, just bad luck. He won't sue him. He'll start in, th- in two weeks or whatever the case may be. But it is unfortunate for my dog, Ty Five, man. I hate that. Yeah, we got we got to get a doctor on the show. I want to see how that damn thing can punch somebody's lung. I I I wouldn't mind. I just yeah. It know. said it. It said it's one of those things. I was reading up on this before the show. It said it's one of those things that can happen. Yeah. Because of where it because of what they were doing, so it can happen. But I've also I've also seen that the doctor had a. <laughs> The doctor had that quarterback, uh, had that rookie quarterback on his DraftKings lineup. So I've seen a lot of things. So I don't oh, know. Man. Man, it happens in one percent of cases, Weezy. So it can happen. It just so happened that Tyrod Taylor's also sleeping with Dre, and he just got bad luck right now. Oh, the, the Dre curse can really be real. He blaming Dre. I'm blaming the doctor. So <laughs> we got. We here. We go. Go. You guys ready to get started with halftime? Let's do it. We're at the midway point. Enjoy all of the halftime festivities. In case you missed it, now Wiley regarded as the best player in the class of 2023, Mikey Williams is moving to Charlotte, North Carolina to attend Lake Norman Christian School. Williams, his move to North Carolina comes in response to COVID-19 forcing California lawmakers to push back the start of high school sports. Now, his arrival to Charlotte will allow him to play against some of the nation's best talent. North Carolina is a heavily recruited basketball state with a star like Williams entering the ranks. Surely competition will be ready to see if he is the number one player in the country or not. In 2019, as a true freshman, he averaged 30.7 rebounds and five assists as a freshman. Nuts. For sure. Will Mikey Williams prosper in Charlotte, North Carolina? That's that's all the numbers you just called out. That that ain't fake. <laughs> that ain't fake. So yeah. Get ready. For the, hype train. Let's get ready for it. Start rolling. 
This we about to be watching a sophomore's uh basketball games on pay per view here this second. <laughs> yeah, man, he he gonna prosper because he's only gonna grow. He's only gonna get better. He's gonna mature. His body's gonna mature. And it's not like they're not ball players in California just as good. California has a lot of good basketball players, too. So it's just going to transition, man. He's played all over the country because of how he's ranked. So we're going to see the same thing. Just wonder who he's going to play with. Is anybody going to join him? I know your boy Bryce Griggs, uh, coach, is coming back to Texas. So um, he'll have to find some more running mates. But – I think Mike will be fine. It's a different type of basketball in Charlotte, North Carolina that you play in San Diego, though. So you have to get used to that. But he'll be fine. He'll play. I think every year of high school, he'll go play somewhere else. And I think he'll do his last year. It may be like an Oak Hill, Montverde, um, Finley Prep, La Lumiere, somewhere like that, just to kind of do it the right way his final year. But I think Mikey won't make it through four years of high school. I think he'll reclass after his junior year and uh, figure out a way to get to the G League for sure. All right. You guys ready to get started with the second half? Let's do it. Yeah. The second half is underway. Full sport press. The second half, the 2020 SEC College Football Preview Show. Before we get started, I am Jay ho It's your boy, Big Jeff. I'm Weezy. What it do? Your man, Coach Locke. Locke, man, we aren't sure that college football happened in 2020, but we'll continue to assume there will be a fall college football season until there officially isn't one. At least four SEC teams are vying for a national championship, possibly even six, depending on who you ask. What? But only if there is actually a national championship or a football season. And with that train of thought, let's dive full into the full preview of SEC football featuring noteworthy players, storylines, superlatives, new coaches, and predicted standings. Let's kick it off, man. SEC breakout player of the year. We will kick things off with you, Weezy. Who you got? My breakout player of the year this year is <laughs> no other than Najee Harris from Alabama. He ain't got a share of carries this year. He's going to be the guy. I agree. I agree that four – let me start over real quick. That four teams in the SEC having chance to win the national championship, that's crap. It's crap. It's one. <laughs> it's one like always, the same one. The one that we're talking about right now. Not sure. It's a breakout player of the SEC. <laughs> uh, my breakout player of the year is Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky. Ran back. He'll see his first full season of action. He had 533 yards and six touchdowns on just 71 carries last year. That's averaging 7.5 per rush. Now with the running back he's playing behind in the NFL, he's expected to get more touches. And that Kentucky offense, I think this would be the year where he will really break out and see that 1,000 yards. Um, I have DJ Williams at Auburn. If Auburn's offense is going to take the next step with Bo Nix under center, a ground game will have to be imperative. Enter Williams, who averaged 4.8 yards per carry as a true freshman, and he'll have opportunity now with Jatavius Whitlow, the Tigers' leading rusher the past two seasons, entering the transfer portal. D.J. Williams, man. Remember that name. Let's move right along to SEC Offensive Freshman of the Year. Weezy, who you got? Oh, this year's Offensive Freshman of the Year is going to be running back South Carolina Marshawn Lloyd. They say he's the second coming <laughs> of a running back 
uh, forgot that guy's name. But anyways, but yeah, Marshawn Lloyd, running back, South Carolina. Mac Jones, your time is already done. Uh, freshman of the year is going to be uh, Bryce Young for Alabama. He's going to have that job by week two, week three. He's not going to look back. Alabama's going to be scary this year. I went with wide receiver Lidicri to Luke Griffin from Mississippi State. Mike Leach is a new coach out there, and we know what he does. All he's going to do is throw the ball. Throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. He's going to air it out, so that's going to give plenty of opportunities for Tulu. So, Lidicri Tulu Griffin will be freshman of the year, wide receiver from Mississippi State. I got Eric Gilbert, man, to, uh, tight end for LSU. This is the number one player in the country, man, at the tight end position last year. So he enters a team with a friendly depth chart because you lose Thaddeus Moss to the NFL and a team with just a lot of talent, but they're just young. And I think that they're going to line him up everywhere, from wide receiver, flanker, and his true position at tight end. There is no Joe Burrow, but I tell you what, this guy's going to get hella targets being the tight end at LSU, man. Eric Gilbert. Let's move right along to the SEC Defensive Freshman of the Year, Weezy. Who we got? Uh, defensive back from Tennessee, Key Lawrence. They said <laughs> they say he's a monster, man. Six, he's 6'3", three, two, 200 pounds. But he's already caught COVID, so that's over with. They ain't going to worry about that no more. What? And they said they're going to put him right in the fire. Jeremy, Pru Jeremy Pruitt says going to put him right in the fire. I don't know about not having a word. Never mind. Um, I'm going with Jordan Birch, uh, DN from South Carolina. People whispering, whispering, this clowny 2.0. Whispering, that's what I'm saying. I went with <laughs> outside linebacker BJ Ojolari from LSU. They need help rushing a passer. This guy was a two-way starter at Marietta in Georgia where they were state champions. Now he's going to really get to concentrate on just the defensive side of the ball. So I think he's going to get a lot of totes, not totes, but a lot of reps on defense because they need help with that. So I see him have a good year at LSU. Got to stick with the second best DB school in the SEC. LSU, man, Elias Ricks. Derek Stingley said it one. That's an NFL player. So – Ed Orgeron has to replace Christian Fulton. It is this kid's job to lose. They're going to put him right out there in the fire. He's number 14 player in the country last year. Orgeron will have a really good team in two years. This isn't the year, but I tell you what, you get those guys playing at a high level now, two years they'll be ready to play. They just need a quarterback, and they don't have that right now. So Elias Ricks, cornerback from LSU. Moving on to SEC Transfer Player of the Year, Weezy. Who we got? My SEC Transfer Player of the Year is quarterback K.J. Costello. Transfer from Stanford. He's going to Mississippi State. This is almost like getting a first-round draft pick from Mississippi State. He, he came from Stanford where the new, the new coach, Mississippi State, played the Pac-12 with him. So he picked him up. He's going to be throwing the football all over the field for that coach. You know, that coach don't never like, stop throwing the football. K.J. Costello. I had the same person. Everything Weezy said, just got to stay healthy, though. And then Locke's guy, he had his the breakout uh, freshman, could get all the numbers he wanted wide receiver because they're going to throw the ball. Leach is going to throw the ball no matter what. So, KJ could steal as well. Third, that 
KJ also for everything you said. Ain't no sense of me just repeating it, but we know Mike Leach, man. He's going to throw the football. So I have KJ also. Yeah, hey, y'all, that shit ain't going to work in the SEC. Um, we'll see. I, I have Felipe Franks, man, quarterback for Arkansas. <laughs> After four years with the Florida Gators, man, Franks is starting quarterback in Arkansas under a new coach in Sam Pittman. Listen, man, no denying his talent. Very talented quarterback. Just couldn't get it going at Florida. He was still going to be our starting quarterback until he broke his foot. So, um, this kid. He might not even finish a season over there. Yeah, he going to get hurt. Yeah. But anyway, he's, he's a leader of men, and he'll lay the foundation for the rebuild that the Hogs need. So, Felipe Franks, SEC Transfer Player of the Year, Arkansas Razorback. No, nah, they might not win a game. Boy, yeah. you sh- you show sure put the sauce on him because that was your boy. Hey, nah, Felipe, nah, it wasn't never my guy, but you know, I just had to. De- I, hey, yeah. man, I'll I had to believe in my quarterback. They I've, might set, not I've, win I've set by Jay at a game where he completely cussed Felipe Franks out. Yeah. Oh, I've set <laughs> I've set by him in song. Yeah, I don't, I can't believe you just picked that for real. For sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, let's move on to the 2020 Offensive Player of the Year. In the SEC, who you got, Weezy? Now, this is gonna be easy. This Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama. He's gonna, <laughs> he gonna kill. That boy gonna. He was the fastest player on the team. He was he was one of the fastest players on the team last year, besides her. I mean, besides uh, Locks boy, uh, Rooks, Henry Rooks. It was his time. Uh, keeping it in Alabama, but going to the running back. I'm going Najee Harris. He's like like everything you said, Weezy. He doesn't have to share the totes anymore. He's gonna. He's probably gonna sit for the Heisman. Probably gonna sit for the Heisman. I agree, Jeff. With Tua leaving, you know Alabama's gonna go back to more of the typical Alabama team where they're a little more dominant with the run, and Najee Harris is gonna be the guy that's gonna lead them there. So he's going to be the offensive player of the year. Yeah, um, I always said the day that Najee Harris landed on campus at Alabama, he was the best running back there. Damian Harris was there. You had um, Josh Jacobs there. And Najee Harris was better than him as a true freshman coming from California. But I'm going with his teammate, Devontae Smith from Alabama. It's hard to believe that a guy that leads the team, Alabama's team, and receiving yards and touchdowns still be overshadowed. And that's what happened to him last year. Everybody was paying attention to Tua, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. But this kid didn't do anything but lead the team in yards and touchdowns. People are sleeping on him, man. He's just not as flashy as those other guys, for sure. Only thing worse about him is it's been a long time since we've seen a star player from a, you know, from a star position to play four years at Vanderbilt. I mean, play four years at Alabama. Yeah, because so, yeah. you got to play four years at Vanderbilt. That's you're right. <laughs> you got to play four years at Alabama. So, you know, if you're good at Alabama, you usually don't play four years there. So, just got overshadowed like, for sure. We'll see. Let's move right along to the 2020 Defensive Player of the Year in the SEC, Weezy. Who you got? Derek Stanley, cornerback LSU. Easy pick. This should be unanimous. Kid just be in the league, as Jay Hove would say, league him. Wasting his time right now. He shouldn't even play this year. Wasting his time. This could easily be unanimous, but I went differently. I went with Nick Bolton, linebacker from Missouri. 
The kid is small. He's 5'11", but he's a player. He had 107 tackles in 12 games last year. He can cover in the passing game, which he had the highest graded returning SEC linebacker rated in coverage. So look out for Nick Bolton from Missouri, linebacker. You know, y'all know I love Stingley, man. He's a dog. But I'm going with Richard LeCount, DB from Georgia. Georgia has one of the best teams all around. They don't have a bunch of players like LSU had last year that were, you know, NFL prospects across the board. But this dude is Roquan Smith, but in the secondary. He is a beast, five-star recruit in 2017, single-handedly responsible for nearly half of Georgia's takeaways last year. He is the man on this team on defense. Georgia will only go as far as Richard LeCount will get them there. He's a player of the year in the SEC as far as defense, for sure. Weezy, SEC coach on the hot seat. Who you got? Oh, man, this one was easy for me. <laughs> Dan Mullins from Florida. It's going to be – nah, <laughs> nah, it's going to be Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp from South Carolina. It could very well be Derek Mason from Vanderbilt, but I'm going to go with Will Muschamp. <clears throat> Well, if you don't want to say it, I'll say it for you. He's got to be on the hot seat at this point. Like, but uh, Derek Mason probably is going to lose every game. This they don't have those fluff games. I don't think Vanderbilt wins a game this year. I really don't. And I'm, and I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a shot. I, I think Florida State. Yeah, be, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you want to bet it? No, I, no, I, I don't. I want y'all to win. I want y'all to win. I just don't think y'all will win a game. I just, I just don't. I don't see where, where y'all don't play Arkansas. So where does it happen? Chill, chill. Who y'all gonna beat? No, seriously. In all jokes aside, who are y'all gonna beat this year? We can beat Tennessee, Kentucky. Not beating Tennessee. Kentucky. We'll talk about Kentucky. Tomato, tomato, Mushcamp, Mason, whichever way you want to go. But I go <laughs> Mushcamp. He's going into year five, and they're one game above five hundred, coming off a four and eight season. He moved to his third offensive coordinator in four seasons. That's never a good sign for your team, and he can't get the quarterbacks to get better, but they have talent when they get there, but they just can't develop them. And they lost to Appalachian State last year. It's not looking good for Muschamp, man. He'll be out of there. If it wasn't for Muschamp beating Georgia last year, he would have been fired this damn summer. True. Same problems he had at damn Gainesville when my Gators ran us into the damn ground. Same problems he had at South Carolina. He's a shit coach, but is a shittier coach in the SEC. His name's Derek Mason. Listen, let me tell you, to give you an idea of how hot his seat is, had Vanderbilt had not extended his contract leading up to that year, he would not be there right now. Oh. Things have gotten so bad for this man, his defense even gave out on him last year. I'm telling you what, man, those are two really shitty coaches, but I think the shittier coach is Muschamp, but I think the person that's on the hot seat is Derrick Mason. Because Muschamp actually beat a contender, which was Georgia last year. But I tell you what, man, flip a coin, flip a damn coin. Neither one of them will win two or three games. In this he's time. still talking? My God. Yeah, yeah. Sure. that's how bad they are. And too bad. He should have left, took that Colorado job. Should have taken that damn Colorado job. Let's move right along to the SEC Coach of the Year. Who we got and why, Weezy? I just know he's everything Jay just said. Derek Mason, like, can you argue what he just said? It's gonna be Derek Mason, the shit coach of the year. Nah, it's, it's definitely gonna be Jimbo Fisher from Texas a and man. Jimbo's gonna get them boys rolling this year. He's gonna make Kellen Mond look great. 
I, I think <laughs> I'm telling you, Jimbo Fisher, Texas, and we'll, we'll come back to that. Jimbo Fisher. Uh, coach of the year will be Gus Malzahn from Auburn. Watch what I said. You talking about regret you said something. Watch what, watch what Bo Nix do year two and another year with Bo Nix. Watch what oh. happened with that. Mark Stoops at Kentucky will be coach of the year. He gets his quarterback, Ted Wilson, back, who missed most of last year. And they got the running backs. Like I mentioned, the running back coming in, they have one of the best offensive lines in the nation. So don't be surprised if they make some noise in the SEC. <laughs> the SEC coach of the year, man, is Dan Mullen, man. Ain't no question. We're still basking in the glory. Second straight New Year's Six Bowl victory. Yeah, we won those. The expectations are high, man. And on top of that, we're bringing back starters in the right positions. Quarterbacks, very, very talented. We got two of those. DBs, great. We got two great transfers. A running back from the University of Miami, a wide receiver from Penn State. Secondary is looking. Hey, listen, man. This might be our year, dog. This is our year, man. I ain't felt this good about a team at Florida. You know, other than two years, we won national championships for sure. So, uh, this is a good team, man. I hope we figure out. I just hope nothing like COVID or anything slow us up, injuries, things of that nature. But you, we really got a good really, team, man. You really feel that good about Cal Trask? I feel good about Emory Jones and Cal Trask. Yes. Y'all going to be right where y'all always are. Y'all probably win the East. And then that'll be it because y'all lose that game and y'all go play that same ball game. Hey, what I'm saying is y'all ain't played, Coach, like y'all ain't played no real football in six years. Six. We're not talking about They played ball game last year? I've came I've came to terms with my team. Well, I'm just saying, yeah, now nah, we'll be when straight. He uses, we'll be when, straight. He, when he uses that one, when the Coach last time said he, I come to terms with it, that means his ass is yeah. I'm telling you, hey, Coach, let me tell you something. I got a whole bunch of hoodies and T-shirts and shit. You can join the squad, man. Now, what you do that, Coach? Ain't nothing I can do with that but put it in the fireplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move right along to the SEC fall-off team, Weezy. Who we got? Uh, this is by default, though, man. But <laughs> it's going to be the LSU Tigers. It's going to be LSU Tigers. Not because they're not good. Not because they're not, you know, they lost too much. They lost too much, man. Joe Burrow had, I think, me personally, had the best single season quarterback I ever have. Um, it's just hard to repeat that. So I'm going to go with LSU Tigers. This was the hardest question that we had um, because you don't want to pick on LSU because they lost so much. They're still going to compete. But – Odds are says they have to come down to earth after that great run they had last year. But I think with all the hype coming into this team that Weezy just spoke about, Texas A&M, they're going to be the ones that fall off. They ain't going to win shit. They ain't going to win shit. Nothing. Is that, is that Jimbo Fisher hate or is that just – They ain't going to win them up for that. Yes, that's exactly what that is. All it is. Jimbo hate for sure. Hey, Jimbo, they going to shit. They going to beat us by 30 tomorrow. <laughs> that ain't hard to do. <laughs> yeah. So now they're going to win more games than Florida State, for sure. Who? Vanderbilt? Texas, yeah. I tell you. Texas and I mean, yeah, Florida State's trash. We are horrible. We are horrible. <laughs> awful. Yeah, LSU is going to have – they're going to have a fall off naturally. But I went with Auburn. They got a new player call on the offense with a new offensive coordinator, Chad Morris. The O-line has four new starters. They have to rebuild their D-line. And they got a tough schedule with road games against non-conference-led Matt Brown, UNC Tar Heels, 
and Georgia. Then they got at home, Ole Miss and Alabama. So Auburn's going to have a tough stretch, and I could see them falling off. Tough, man. That's tough. I have LSU as well. The Tigers get Alabama at home this year, so that's a good thing. But they also have to play at Auburn, at Florida, and at Texas A&M, and you're replacing 14 starters with that. And they're relying on a quarterback with limited experience in Brennan. He's not going to be Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's not walking through that door. So they need him to figure out a way to, to mature really fast. And I don't think this is the year for LSU. They fall off majorly. Hey, Jay, do you believe in Joe Burrow now? Who, a year in, later. in the NFL? Yeah, a year later. They have the worst year. net passing yards in the entire NFL, dog. The worst. The absolute worst. 32nd. 32 teams. Guess where they land? 32. So you no. don't believe in them? No, not yet. Let's move right on to the SEC breakout team, Weezy. Who we got? Texas A&M, man. I'm trying to tell y'all. Texas A&M is going to do big things this year. They, they, they kept, listen, listen. Jimbo Fish is a quarterback whisperer. Who, who, who did he whisper to? Jameis Winston. No, Jameis Winston was a generational talent. That's what that was. EJ Manuel is the what, what do you do with EJ Manuel? What do you do with Christian Ponder? No, no, I can't say that now, Jeff. We're not talking about for oh, NFL. We're talking about college. What he did for them, EJ Manuel won four straight pro uh bowl games. If EJ Manuel had the same team Jameis had and we lost and we didn't win in that championship. We don't know that. Anyway, Texas and them, man. We'll see. Watch what Keller Mon do. Watch how good he has Keller Mon licking. Texas and them. Texas and them. Texas and them. I'm going with Auburn. Chad Moore's new assistant. He's going to make the game. He's going to open up the passing game for my man, Bo Nix. I'm on the Bo Nix hype train this year. They win the Iron Bowl, give, Auburn, give Alabama their only loss. Auburn's going to be the breakout team this year. Sticking with Kentucky, man. I had the running back having freshman of the year. Coach, you know, all the reasons why I think Mark Stoops is going to get there. He's going to have Kentucky rolling, man. A good defense is led by their secondary. They only gave up 19.3 points a game and only allowed nine touchdowns. Gave up 5.3 yards per snap. Boogie Watson is going to anchor their defense on the edge. Now, for them to do this, though, they got to him. They got to win some key games against Louisville on the road and Tennessee, and then they have Auburn at home. So they got to win those three games for this to happen. I'm sticking with Wheezy, man. We're going to Texas A&M Aggies, man. Compared to Auburn and LSU, Texas A&M's roster is the advantage. You're returning 16 starters, including your quarterback and your running back and your wide receiver and your tight end. That's really mm. That mm. means you're ready to rock, man, especially on offense. They got to be more consistent on defense, though. They gave up 47 to Alabama and 50 to LSU. So that was not okay. But here's the thing. That defense got a year older. They're bringing back eight starters on defense. Eight? Fam, Texas A&M, they're going to give Alabama everything they asking for. I promise you that. Yeah. I tell you what, man. They're going to beat us 40 to nothing tomorrow. Golly. Let's pick some division winners, man, in the East. Who y'all got winning the East? Georgia. They they bring back eight starters. Florida is look. Florida looks great. Florida looks great, but they got to beat Georgia if we can say Florida. That's all. Just be just be Georgia. I got Florida Gators winning. I right, I'm gonna keep it real. With Kyle Trask coming back and Jamie Newman opting out, that's gonna give Florida the edge over Georgia. It would have been close 
But with the lack of spring practice and regular practice times, teams that have the main part of the offense coming back is going to give them an advantage. And Florida has that. They got offensive line help with the transfer, Stuart Reese. And the defense bring five starters back, one of the best defense in the SEC. So it's hard to go against Florida, especially them bringing everything back and Georgia not having the quarterback that they thought they were. So it hates me to say this, but them guys in blue and whatever colors they got. So, uh, we're winning the East. Mainly, the only reason I'm picking us to win the East, though, is because Jamie Newton, he won't be the quarterback at George. That's the only reason. If they had him, we'll be in a world of trouble. They don't. We are fine. The only thing we got to do, we got to replace C.J. Henderson, and we have two players to do that. We have to replace um, Zaniga as a linebacker. We got a linebacker that's going to do that. And we also have to replace Jonathan Gennard, and we have two people to do that. We'll be replacing three levels of defense. We'll be fine. We'll be good. We're going to win the East, man. Feels good saying that for the first time in about 10 years. For sure. yeah. Speaking of C.J. Henderson, he got cooked last night. No, he, got cooked. he didn't. No, he yeah, didn't. He did. Yeah, he did. He got cooked. No, he didn't, dog. Who's, who's cooking? Devontae Parker? Is that what you're talking about? Bro, he gave, he, he, he gave two touchdowns last night. Went into that game, week two. He had the number one – like, literally, it was one cornerback in better than him that had a better year than him so far in two games. You know who that one cornerback was? Tredavious White. So, ratings was Tredavious White, C.J. Henderson, who's played two NFL games. He'll be fine. You just I, I'm not saying what we found. He got cooked last night. He was taking Everything risks. you said is true, but he got cooked last night. Um, so, let's move on to the West. Who's winning the West, Weez? Alabama. Alabama, they, 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 they win everything this year. <laughs> yeah, Alabama, man. You got Mac Brown, who got valuable time last year. He's going to be going up against Bryce Young for the starting spot, which Bryce probably will win it. Najee Harris, who we didn't mention, he's going to have a monster year running behind that great O-line, man. And they got the wide receivers coming back. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Alabama's going to win this. Yeah, Alabama's winning this, but it'll be behind the arm of Mac. We won't see Bryce Young at all this year. Y'all. I don't think so either. Yeah, we ain't going to see him. I'm going to tell you why. Because we didn't have a training camp, spring camp, all that. That's the reason. he got. He's too far behind. Mac has been in that program for two years. Yeah, Mac, gonna, he going to – yeah, it's over with. You can pack that up. But Alabama has the best run game, best passing attack, best lineman, best offense and defensive line. If there is a weakness, it's in the secondary. But they got a first-round pick in their secondary – Patrick Sertain, so they'll be fine. They bring back Dylan Moses too. The That's fuck? crazy. Why did he? I, Moses. Oh, hey man, right back, right back. The rich stay rich. I know. And people awesome. not even talking about how good Devontae Smith is, dog. Yeah, he's so damn good. He's so damn good, dog. Tools throwing him open, but he's so no, good. No, no, no. Yeah, you're a damn liar. You'll see. Watch Matt. You you talking about watch Matt. I ain't Matt. worried about Matt. Bryce Young, Bryce is the one that's gonna is gonna be the quarterback. Mike, listen, listen, Mike, you damn lie. Mac Jones is gonna be that quarterback then. Every 10 games, you're gonna see Mac Jones behind center. Bryce I, Young red shirt. He not even gonna play, bro. Tell me. I can't wait to those three teams, whoever the fourth team is. But those three teams of Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State get to where they need. That's the only three teams worth watching this whole year. Just being honest. Notre Dame right there, too. 
Those are the only three teams worth watching this year. <laughs> Florida. Those are the only three teams <laughs> worth watching Bro, I'm every telling game. You, the the college football playoff will be Clemson, will be Ohio State, will be Alabama, and will be us. So they're gonna lose in the game, and then they're gonna get to go to college football playoff. They're both gonna be undefeated going into that, y'all. Now Auburn beats Alabama in the Iron Bowl. They figured out. Alabama, Alabama's not losing. We just literally said they got the best offense and defense in the NFL. Jay, y'all going Jay, Jay, yeah, y'all gonna drop a game before y'all get to the SEC championship. Whatever you want to bet. Mm-mm. <laughs> huh? Whatever you want to bet is what he said. Go ahead on lock. So <laughs> <laughs> that is another episode, man. Talking SEC football. We've never done that. That was fun. Me and Weezy enjoyed it. Coach Locke and Jeff did not. We, is there a reason to even talk about the ACC? This Here you year? go. Don't start that shit. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not at all. It's Clemson and a whole bunch of other people. That's all it is. It's Clemson. And a whole oh, bunch of man, I hate when cool Jeff team. Talk about I hate when Jeff team is bad. Well, he'll turn their ass in a heartbeat. There's some players in there, man. We got to bring up. They might not be on Florida State. There's some players in the ACC though. Yeah, but who big Clemson coach? every year? Oh, we didn't say we didn't say oh do we need to discuss who's gonna win the ACC? <laughs> I'm telling say you, Notre Dame's gonna get Clemson run for their money. No, they're not. Who's gonna beat shit out of them? <laughs> I don't think so, Joe. Who's gonna beat them? Miami gonna beat the hell out of y'all too. Ooh, they, I can't. What time oh, that game come hey, on? Hey, we appreciate y'all tuning in and checking us out, <laughs> man. You know, do all that, man. We're not gonna sit here and just bash the Florida State Seminoles like that because that other team in Florida is good, man. We're not gonna do that. It's, it's two teams in Florida that's real good. It is one that just needs to start over. <laughs> Y'all be all right, man. Y'all coach got COVID, though, so. That's, that's tough, man. <laughs> Y'all coach. And he's still going to coach. They said he's still going to coach from the house. He coaching from the house? They said he's still going to coach. Like, yes, he's coaching from the house. He's coaching from the quarantine house. <laughs> Hurricanes by 21. <laughs> Hey, ladies, still going coach, man. Right. Coach left. Coach left. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I'll do his part. And the tweets with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to <laughs> don't forget to <laughs> the fool left. Don't forget to give us a comment, a thumbs up. No thumbs down this week on the YouTube page. On the iTunes where it's please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, man, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend. To tell the coach's friends not to coach from the house. <laughs> Wheezy. COVID. Wheezy. Everything paid for, baby. Jeff. Unfortunately, the camera's always on. <laughs> coach Lock, you back on camera. Save us up cows. Get a drum or something, man. <laughs> man, the revolution will be podcast. The cameraman, we are out. <laughs> Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Thank you for listening to the Full Sport Press Podcast. To catch up on prior episodes, visit the SoundCloud page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. The revolution will be podcasted.